I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Lindsay Herman. She is a previous guest from last year, episode 89. She's an ultra runner, um, has done a ton of things. She's a coach at Western Colorado, uh, coaches other individuals, and just finished third at the Leadville 100. So thanks for joining me again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on again. I'm really excited. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you back again and, and to talk about, you know, your recent successes. And, you know, I was looking through, we talked a little bit before, but I had gone on uh, Ultra Sign Up just to look at what you had done, like, since last we talked, because you were kind of, I think, in a lull, like, between races the last time. Um, or you had, I think you had just done a race in Flagstaff. But since then, you've got, you've done a couple in Colorado. You have been to Arizona. Um, you even came down to the Cedro Peak Marathon in Tijeras, uh, California. So you've been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I have enjoyed racing a lot. <laughs> That's good because it's, I mean, you know, coming out of 2020 and even 2021, like there was a lot of things that weren't back yet. And so, you know, there's a lot more races happening and, and every, every all, most of them are back to like a normal schedule. So you can get a full slate of races. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I found that I really like using races as like fun long runs or um, yeah, like I like to use them for long runs, especially like the smaller races um, to use them kind of as training races. And I feel like I, yeah, I definitely push myself way more racing than I do even just like in a workout by myself. So um, it's really fun. And then you get to do it with a bunch of cool people. <laughs> and that's always good. I mean, the more people you have on a long run and might as well, you know, have some fun with it too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, do when you set up those, those runs, like, did you already know like Leadville was going to kind of be your main goal or were you just kind of doing things like you said to stay fit? Um, I've had, I've kind of, I've had Leadville on the calendar since last summer. Um, when I won in 2021, when I won the silver rush 50 mile at Leadville. Um, so like, yeah, I kind of knew I had it on the calendar and then earlier this year I ran, Black Canyon 100K, which was my first 100K, and um, that's a golden ticket race for Western States. Um, so I knew, and it ended up going horribly, but I learned a lot. <laughs> um, but I knew that if I, it, either I would kind of get lucky that day and get a golden ticket and do Western States, or if not, I knew that I would have Leadville on my calendar. So um, yeah, everything else I planned for this year ended up it was all after the fact and kind of, I planned it all as part of my build for Leadville. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
it's good to have that that idea and those plans of of how you know where you want to go and and how your races are going to help you get there yeah definitely yeah i think i like um i mean i put a lot of trust in my coach david roach um and so it's yeah it's nice because I, yeah, I look to him for guidance on all of that and which races I should do. Um, but yeah, it, it feels good. Like, I feel like we have a good balance of having a plan, but also not like planning so far in advance. I don't know. It, it's good. Like he does a good job, I think, with like making me stay present, but then also planning fun races. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure he has some things in mind that he doesn't always let you know of ahead of time. So you can stay kind of more in the present of what's, you know, immediately coming up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I trust that like he, like he knows that I kind of want this more like long-term career and to build that. And so, yeah, I really am thankful that I have him to just trust him with that. And I get to just like have fun doing the stuff I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) well and you talk that like being able to have a long career in this I mean you're still really young you know it's it's pretty amazing to see where you're at like and and then see where a lot of these other ultra runners are who are you know a good 10 years or so older than you yeah yeah I think that's like really exciting to me is uh that I really think I have a while until I would like peak for ultra running. So, um, yeah, in some ways that takes a lot of pressure off too. Like when I'm trying to just do the races that sound fun and, uh, yeah, just remember that, that I have like a long time to keep building. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, it, it seems like you want to do this, like you said, for a long time. So, you know, being able to stay healthy and have fun is all part of being able to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. And that's the other thing with racing a lot. Like, I think I've been really grateful for like being able to stay healthy. And I think a lot of that, like, um, I've really dialed in my nutrition and like I said, work with the dietitian all the time and then just trusting my coach and he's really smart. Um, so yeah, I think that that's been awesome. And I'm really thankful that I've been able to stay healthy for the last year and get to race a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you know, we talked last time, obviously, like, you didn't get your start in running, you you did competitive skiing, and, and deal with an injury through that and were able to, to find a way to find something else that you enjoyed. And so, you know, we don't have to get back into that. But I think knowing that you, even if you did get injured, you know how to kind of handle that kind of um, mental pressure. Yeah, definitely. That's another good, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so how's, you know, we've obviously want to get into the, into Leadville, but I want to talk about the buildup a little bit. And I, I definitely want to talk about the coaching, you know, how's, how's that been going? It's been awesome. Yeah, I've really um, been able to grow my coaching over the last, really like over the last six months or so. Um, I have over 30 athletes now that I coach. 
yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And it's been so cool for me, like, um, to feel like I'm like contributing to the sport other than like outside of just my own racing. Um, and yeah, I found with coaching, like it's one of my favorite parts is just like getting to develop like real relationships with these people and, um, getting to support them in things outside of running too. Like, um, pretty much everyone I coach, like running is a big part of their life, but they have another full-time job or they have kids and, um, so yeah, it's it's really cool. It's been like a unique challenge for me. Like each athlete is so different. And so it's not only like writing a training plan, but also figuring out how to balance that with the like other stressors that they have in life. Um, and then, yeah, like I have athletes who will send me pictures of them like baking with their kids and things like that. And it makes me so happy. Like I love just feeling like I like, get to do life with these people. It's awesome. <laughs> That's really so cool. And I, I I coach at the high school level and it, it's just fun. Like you said, like getting to know and getting to be a part of these other lives where you're, you're just this like piece of it, but you know, you're trying, you're trying to make it fit with everything else that they have going on. And it's, it's, I don't know. There's coaching is just so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's been fun for me, too, to, like, um, I'm really trying to work at, like, professional development, too, like, just, like, reading books and then learning from my coach, too, and then also applying things that I, like, learned from my own running, too, of things that worked or didn't work, and then getting to use that to make myself a better coach, also. Right. I, I think I remember when you kind of got into the ultra running you talked about the the nutrition piece and how it wasn't something that was talked too much about. And, you know, so how have you incorporated that into your coaching? Yeah, I definitely um, help athletes with things like building fueling plans um, for their long races. And then I also really try to um, also like refer them to, I have a sports dietitian named Kylie Van Horn. Um, who I work with and I try to refer people to her also because um, I want to make sure I have that right balance of like I'm not a registered dietitian so I don't want to like give advice as if I am but then um, but I do know kind of like the general guidelines and so I can at least get athletes started with um, figuring out what works for them because that's the other thing with nutrition and stuff is it's so personal and it's like a trial and error thing um, so I can at least give athletes guidance on that. And I'm huge on making sure whether it's just using the advice I give or working with a dietitian, like I'm really big on making sure my athletes do have that dialed in, especially before the really long races. That's great. That sounds awesome. Cause I know it's like, I'm not, I'm not really in the trail world other than, you know, talking to people about it, but you know, through that talking, I know like for some people, they really like that, like solid food. And for some people, they really just want something they can take down quick. And then at a certain point, depending on how far you're going, like, you don't want to eat anything. And how do you deal with that? And so it's, it's really cool to have somebody that they can work with who has an insight on that. And then also, you know, referring them to someone who, who knows more than you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes.
Um, so let's talk about the, that 100K that you did where <laughs> things went horribly wrong because I think people love it when things go horribly wrong because we learned something, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and actually, like, looking back from now, I think I'm actually glad that it – I mean, I'm not glad it went so badly, but I think – it was good. Like it had that race gone perfectly and I had like gotten a golden ticket or something. I think I'm glad that Western States wasn't my first hundred. Um, I just feel like that big stage, like that would have been a lot for my first hundred mile. Um, and I would not have learned from it if it went perfectly. So, um, yeah, I think really, I guess it was, kind of twofold. One, my, my stomach, speaking of nutrition, my stomach like totally blew up. But, and I think some of that was the temperature cause it was unseasonably warm even for Phoenix. Um, and I had like three days before I was running in literally minus 10 degrees in Gunnison. And then um, on race day, it was like 87 or something. So that's oh like a 90, it's almost a hundred degrees different than what I had been running in. Um, so I think that I, contributed a lot to my stomach not doing well. Um, but then I also think I didn't necessarily realize how much more planning has to go into the big distances. Um, Cause I think even in like a 50 mile, you can kind of get away with like a more loose plan or not thinking too much about your plan. Um, but I think even as far as like crewing and all of that, I just, I think I learned that, yeah, you have to put a bit more thought into it for the really long races. Um, and yeah, I also just think that that race was super competitive. There were a lot of fast women there. And I think, so I think a lot of the day going badly also was mental. Like, I think I got pretty overwhelmed with how fast it went out. And then, and I think I did like an okay job of not going out too fast for myself, but, um, I just think it was, yeah, like a lot to handle. And so all of those things kind of added up and then, um, yeah, I kind of ended up walking it in basically like that was what it was. It was a long walk in the desert <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad for the people I had pacing me. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I think, I mean, well, one, I mean, when you're training in cold weather and you go to hot weather, your body just cannot handle that in the same way. It's so hard. Uh, I mean, I even did, I was in Alamosa training, Colorado, and went to a race in, yeah, it was Phoenix, and, you know, just a 10K, and it just... You know, it was the middle of October in Alamosa. So it was, we were happy if it hit 30, you know, and then <laughs> we went down to Phoenix and it was, you know, 90 plus degrees. And, you know, your body just goes into this shock of, you know, 40s is feeling hot. 90s is just, I, I can't even, can't even think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I had even, I did actually a lot of training in Albuquerque, like over winter and like end of December and early January, but 
even then, like, I was running early in the morning, so it was probably, like, 40s, 50s, maybe. Like, so, yeah, I just wasn't prepared for the heat. But, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I think there's a reason that there's a lot more research now coming out on, like, heat training and using saunas and things like that, because I think it does make a difference. <laughs> right, I agree. It's, um, it is actually pretty amazing, like, what heat training can do, which, I can't stand the heat. I'm just like, no, <laughs> but <laughs> it is like the, the, these early data points coming back are, are pretty, pretty intriguing for sure. If you're, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, like you said, I mean, it's good to, to learn and, and to have, you know, those thoughts about what, you can do better for next time. So obviously the heat is something that is just kind of out of the blue and a little bit out of control other than, you know, you can try to do some heat training, adding some layers, saunas, all that stuff. But what did you take out of that that kind of helped you with Leadville? Um, I think one, I definitely ended up planning for Leadville a lot better. Um, and like putting a lot more thought into my plan and instructions for my crew and things like that. Um, and then I also just think the like, I do think I, I don't know if it, it's some sort of like mental, like being a little bit more mature mentally or what it was, but I just think I had a better grasp at like what being out there for a really long time feels like, even though I hadn't been out there nearly as long as I was for Leadville. But um, right. I think that, yeah, just kind of, yeah, maybe, I maybe just more prepared mentally um, for like really being in it for for the long haul. Um, yeah, and then more specific crew instructions. And I also think, um, so also since then, since February, I um, paced and crewed for an athlete named Annie, Annie Hughes. Um, she won... Moab 240 last year for the women and then she won um I paced her when she won Cocodona 250 earlier this year um and then I also got to pace her a few weeks ago at High Lonesome 100 where she set the women's record and won um so I think being around her um and like seeing how she plans for these races and stuff and um I think that that was really helpful and I learned a lot and I actually had um her like crew chief kind of she has this lady named Olga who like mentors and crews for her um and so Olga and Annie both helped me with Leadville and I think that that was really big also that's one so awesome to have people like that that can help mentor mentor you and kind of you know show you the ropes a little bit of what they've learned through that um can't even imagine 250 but <laughs> yeah um i did and, and i'm glad you brought it up because i had seen that you had um done some pacing and crewing and i was curious about like you know again you're you felt bad for your pacers at the end of your 100k and and getting to see kind of the other end of that where where they're crushing it and being a part of that um had to have been a good learning experience as well yeah, definitely. And yeah, when I paced Annie for um, Cocodona for the 250, I had never paced anyone before. And I had also never run with Annie before. 
Um, and so I was like, I was so nervous and I, and I had also never run through the night. I paced her for the third night for like 10 hours, um, through the entire night. And, um, so yeah, so I was really nervous before that. And I think that, yeah, that was like a really good experience for me and like to practice running in the dark also. Um, and then a few weeks ago at High Lonesome was so awesome pacing her because, um, she, I paced her for the entire last like 35 ish miles. Um, and it was so fun, like, uh, trying to like check the live tracker and see where the second place girl was while we were going. And, um, it got me really, really excited for Leadville getting to, um, be part of her finishing and, and breaking that course record. That's, that's awesome. And it just is kind of amazing that you had never ran with her before, you know, that first pacing opportunity. But like you said, like, that's one thing that comes up a lot when I talk about people who are or two people who are doing like those longer ones, like they're like, oh, I'm waking up early, or I'm getting up at like two in the morning to start a run because I've, I've never run at night, and I got to get that feeling. And so having that experience of being in a race and doing it where the pressure ne- wasn't necessarily, you know, on you. And it, I know there's some pressure on the pacer because obviously you're, <laughs> you're there to help that person, but it's not, it's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was really awesome. And it's kind of cool because Annie is also um, 24. We're both the same age. And so we're both like pretty young in the sport. And so it's really fun to like get to help one another with our goals and, yeah, it's been really awesome, like getting to know her and getting to know Olga. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't, I did not realize that either. So that's, that's cool. Hopefully you guys will both have like long careers and can continue to race with and against each other. <laughs> yeah, I know we haven't, we haven't raced against each other yet. And I'm like, purposely, I don't want to race her. I just want us to help each other beat other people. <laughs> 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 that's I mean that's fun too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know it's inevitable like if we're both in ultra running it'll happen at some point but <laughs> and that'll be good too like it's cool yeah. I think it, it's really cool that more and more fast women are coming into the sport um, and these races especially on the women's side are getting more and more competitive and I think that's awesome like I'd much rather be part of bigger more competitive races I, I think it's amazing. And I think, you know, when we see some of these races where the women are, you know, either outright winning it or right there next to the men, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, to see that level of competition. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, uh, and yeah, I just think it makes, it makes all of us better athletes. So I'm excited about where the sport is heading with women. Absolutely. So you recently did the, um, silver rush 50, um, out there at Leadville as well. Um, is, is that on part of the same course or is it, is it different? They, the courses don't have any crossover actually. Um, they're completely different, but I definitely used um, Silver Rush as, I mean, 
technically that was like my longest long run before Leadville. Um, so I definitely, I added that one as definitely as part of my build for the hundred. And then also to go back because last year when I ran silver rush, um, I was just a few minutes off of the women's course record. So that, that was part of why I picked that race in particular this year was because I wanted to, to go back and try and break the record. And you were, I saw you were ninth overall. So top 10 as an overall and, and then the um, top uh, female runner as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It went really well. That was such a fun day because um, when I, going into that race, I, since I had had such a good, good day last year there, I think I was definitely feeling the pressure a little bit. Um, and I was trying not to like compare the two years or anything like that, but, uh, like they had set aside bib number one for me and everything. And the Leadville race series, people were really excited, um, about me being there. And, and so it, it was a really fun day and I tried really hard not to let the pressure get to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you ran really well. You said you were, you know, the previous time you were just a few minutes off the course record. And so how did that end up? It went well. Yeah, it was, um, I think, around 26 minutes under the course record this year. Um, So quite a bit faster and quite a bit. I mean, I was, yeah, 32 minutes faster than I was last year, which is a pretty big jump. Um, I did get lost last year for almost a mile so that definitely added some time last year but um and i totally saw that spot this year and i was like no (laughs) i'm not going that way um but yeah so yeah it, it turned out pretty well and i really tried to um instead of i guess feeling the pressure this year when when there were people who knew me out there and cheering for me i really tried to just frame it as like all of these people are here and they believe in me. And like, that is so cool instead of like pressure to perform for those people. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that mental side of, of running can be so difficult. (laughs) And so, you know, that's good. You were able to reframe that and, you know, use it to enhance your performance instead of, you know, like you said, just continue to put that pressure and, which would have probably, you know, that, that mental toll when you're already having to, to wrap your mind around, I got to get 50 miles. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when you got to, to Leadville this year, you know, did you have a goal necessarily in mind or were you just kind of knowing that you were in shape and going to see what was going to happen? Um, I definitely, I, I mean, I was trying to make sure that I kept in mind that it was my first hundred mile. Um, and if I'm being honest, like I wanted to compete and I wanted to place well. Um, and I, I think at first I was trying to kind of push that side down, but then I was like, well, no, like, like that's true. Like I, I am competitive and I, and I think that I knew that if I had a good day, I could place well at Leadville. Um, I knew that there were quite a few fast women this year. Um, even, I mean, Leadville always has fast women, but I knew of a couple of like big names that were going to be there. Um, but I also 
yeah, I knew that, that if it went well, I could place well. And so I think I was trying to, I guess, find that balance between um, knowing that it was my first hundred and that like that alone is cool, but also uh, being honest about the fact that I wanted to compete and be one of the top women there. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know time-wise. I think Leadville is an interesting race because uh, you can like have a not super fast time and still place well depending on the year. Um, and so, yeah, I had kind of a general idea and um, Olga who helped crew for me, uh, she had kind of given me a general idea of what time she thought I might be able to run. Um, so I had that, but I feel like that was mostly helpful for making sure I didn't go out too fast because I think that was my biggest concern is, um, that I wouldn't, wouldn't realize how long that distance is. And since I've never gone anywhere near that long, um, I think, yeah, that was the biggest mistake I didn't want to make was going out too hard. Um, so I feel like the time was more for that was like, as long as I'm not faster than this time for the first like 40 miles, that that's good. Um, but yeah, I definitely, if I'm being honest, like I knew that, that I wanted to compete well and try and place well. That's, that's great. And I just, it's had such a weird, like, I can't even wrap my head around like the, the, that idea of, okay, I got to keep around this pace. So I'm not too fast. And, you're doing that for a hundred miles. Like, and I know it's obviously average and all that stuff, but it's just, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you're used to doing road races and stuff, it's like a whole other, like, how does this make sense? Almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it helped. Um, like when I paced Annie at high lonesome, um, I think she ran that race really smart and she, uh, had talked about, having to kind of hold herself back in the first 50 miles. Like she even like walked down this downhill because she like didn't want to get to an aid station too soon. Um, so I think like being there for that and, and seeing how her like racing smart really paid off there, um, helped me also to trust in, in the people who were telling me to go out really, 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 really easy. (laughs) Um, and then I also think, um, I, I talked to my coach the day before on the phone and, and that was super helpful. And another way I was kind of approaching it is that like, because I am so young, like I have basically endless opportunities to do this again. So in, in that way, there was also no pressure on Leadville. Like, um, I wanted it to go as well as it could. And I was definitely going to put everything I had into it. And like, I knew that that if I did blow up and it didn't go well, like there are so many more opportunities for me to run a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Cause like you said, I mean, you have, you are so young, like you have so much time and you have to take the opportunities when they come, but you also have, you know, more opportunities coming down, you know, the road and it's, it's amazing to, to see where you've come even just in the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited. I like never would have guessed that I'd be where I am right now. (laughs) Uh, So how did, you know, you talked about kind of that, that plan 
were what was your nutrition plan going into this so i definitely um something big for nutrition is you have to practice it for really like a couple months leading up to a big event you should be practicing um in your long runs and so i i'd been doing that like um i'd been practicing my fueling plan i'm sponsored by untapped which is a maple syrup company um and so i use they do they make like maple syrup gels it's it's just maple syrup that's what it is but um (laughs) so i do those and i've been been using those in my long runs and then i also do like just plain like white tortillas with jam on them um as kind of like a real food option and then I, I've been doing like um, small potatoes, like boiled with salt on them. And so, and then I also do an electrolyte mix from Untapped. It's called Ginger Maple Aid. And um, oh. so I do that in my soft flasks. And um, so I've been, I've been doing that for long runs pretty much since the spring. I mean, I've been fueling long runs before that too, but really with my eye on like dialing in my plan for Leadville. Um, I've been making sure to practice that super well on every single long run. Um, so I kind of had that plan. And then I also knew and had been told by my coach that like for a hundred miles, like usually you don't want to try anything new on race day, but when you're running a hundred miles, like you're probably going to have to try something new and (laughs) figure out what works and what doesn't. And, um, and I knew, I knew going into it, like, that I was probably going to try like, um, either like broth or ramen or something, especially later in the race. And when it's, uh, cold, like when you're running in the night, sometimes it's nice to have like something hot. Um, so I knew that I would probably incorporate a little bit of that, but then I ended up doing, um, a lot of that. I kind of followed my fueling plan the way that I'd been practicing it for probably the first 25 or 30 miles. And then I started, um, probably around like mile 37 or 38, I started incorporating, um, just a lot more like food and, uh, really, I think in training, I had really followed like the recommended intervals of like when you should fuel and like, this is how many calories I'm getting per hour. Um, but I quickly figured out that in a hundred, like some hours you're going to get less calories in and some you're going to get way more calories in. Um, and you can also do things like play to the terrain. Like when there's a really long climb, you can get in a lot more fuel. And that way when you're running downhill, you don't have to like fuel as much. Um, but yeah, when I, when I got to, to one of the big aid stations called twin lakes, um, it's around mile 38. And, um, Olga was great about moving me through the aid stations. Um, I think my longest stop was maybe three minutes or so. Um, wow. and I, yeah, so usually we were trying to get in and out within a minute. Um, but when I got to that aid station, that's right before there's a big climb over Hope Pass, which is, um, you go up, I, it's almost, I think it's almost 4,000 feet or so in just a few miles up. And then you drop down pretty much the same. And then when you drop down, that's the halfway point. And then you go back up and over Hope Pass again. So um, you have crew 
where at mile 38 and then not again till around mile 62 after you've gone up and over both times. Oh, wow. Um, so when I got there to mile 38, Olga, like she was just shoving food in my mouth. Like (laughs) I, she had some like hot broth with instant mashed potatoes, like super watery so I could drink it. And so I would like, she would tell me to take a drink while we're walking through the aid station. I would like take a drink and then she would tell me to open my mouth and she would just shove handfuls of like potato chips and Cheetos and pretzels (laughs) all mixed together. She would just shove it into my mouth and then she'd like have me wash it down with more mashed potatoes. And when I was leaving that aid station, she was like, okay, like I just put like 400 calories in you. Like you're good. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, so I did that. And then um, at the halfway point, I tried to refuel really well. Um, But I also knew that that halfway point is where a lot of people drop because I think it hits them like they have this huge climb to go back up and over and they realize they're only halfway done. And so my goal was like, okay, I'm going to refuel here, but I'm not going to think like I just need to get back out of that aid station um, and like get back to my crew. And so, yeah, so I did that. And like, yeah, when I was climbing, I just really tried to focus on fueling, like getting in as much calories as I could um, on the climbs was really big. And then, uh, yeah, when I got back, when you go back up and over, that's also when you can get your pacer. Um, so Annie joined me there. And after that, it was really nice because I didn't even have to really think about fueling. Like she would tell me when I needed to eat and she would tell me what my options were. And um, and I actually surprised myself. Like I definitely didn't want to eat, but I was go- pretty good at forcing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Even without someone there just to shove stuff in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that still happened at every aid station. Yeah, I would just <laughs> go through and Olga would just. <laughs> I did also my one my one other random fueling thing on my way back down Hope Pass where I would get to my crew again. Um, there was a random man who like had two popsicles and he was like, "Do you want a popsicle?" And I was like, "Actually, yeah, that sounds amazing." So. I got a great popsicle from him and that really helped get me to the next aid station. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the best tasting popsicle you've had in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, I, I because I, I, I don't really do this, like the, the fueling stuff is so intriguing to me because it is so different and everybody does, you know, so many different things and the gels and the food options. And I've never heard the, the mashed potato and broth thing like so like I can picture it and that makes sense but I've never like I've never heard of that that's that's fantastic I mean yeah such a great way to get like so many nutrients and just calories in Mm -hmm. yeah and you can do like with the broth then you get like some sodium and like electrolytes and stuff in there um and yeah if you make it like really watered down then you you can just drink it like because even like even chewing becomes like, like little things take a lot of energy after you've been running for that long. And like, like I would even think of things that I was like, Oh yeah, I could say that right now. And then I would be like, no, like that takes too much energy to speak right now. I don't want to talk. (laughs) So, you know, like you said, you were, you you're on your feet for so long. You're getting in and out of those aid stations, almost just kind of walking through them. 
I think your time was 22 hours, 50 minutes, just over. And, um, like, I, I just continue, continuously moving for that long, you know, was there a point when you were like, I, I think I might be done? <laughs> I think I thought that for all of it. <laughs> um, I actually was surprised. I feel like I hit a low point pretty early on, like around mm, between like mile 25 and 35. I And it was like a super easy part of the course too, like very mellow. Um, but I just felt like I, it was like nine or 10 in the morning. And I was like, I feel like I could go to bed right now. Like I feel so <laughs> sleepy and like, I just felt kind of awful, but um, that's the other thing I learned about the hundreds is if you can like just ride out the lows and know that like you probably won't feel that way in 30 minutes or whatever, um, that's really helpful. And and just like to expect the lows. Like that's, I talked to um, people about that before who were more experienced of just like, ex like the lows are gonna happen and like things are gonna go off of plan. And if you can just expect that instead of, like freaking out when it happens, um, like you can ride them and like chances are in an hour you'll feel way different. Um, but I think the whole time, like I really tried to just focus on getting like to the next aid station or to the next spot where I would have my crew and not think about like the entire distance. But there were moments when it would hit me like how much further I had to run and <laughs> In those moments, I would be like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know. And even um, so once I got when I picked up my pacer, I ran in third place until um, like the top of that really big climb on the way out. Um, so probably around mile like 43 or so I was in third and then I got past right at the top of that climb. And so I was running in fourth when I picked up my pacer Um and then we had probably just under 10 miles until we saw crew again. Um, and so when we got to our crew again, like around mile 75 or so, um, they told us actually that we had moved back into third because um, the girl who had been ahead of us in second was, they said she was asleep on the side of the trail somewhere. So we had passed her, but we didn't know we had passed her. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so even then though, they were like, you moved into third and, and even at that point I looked at Olga and I was like, Olga, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can do this. And she just looked at me and she goes, shut up. And I was like, okay, got it. She was like, you do not move into third and then drop. That doesn't happen. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Um, so that was, it was actually really helpful. Like, I think that tough love is what I needed. Like, just keep me moving and like, um, yeah. But yes, there were a lot of moments where I would get overwhelmed by how much longer I had to run. Well, that almost makes sense of just kind of getting through the aid stations too as fast as possible because you don't have time to like think about it. You don't have time to process. Like you said, like you're getting so tired, like you can't even like, you have a thought and you're not going to speak it. Like you're like in and out and like, Oh wait, I thought I was going to, Oh, <laughs> and you're just already. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's how even like at that halfway point where I knew I was like, just, I knew I just had to not let myself think about it. And 
Um, and I knew once I got back to my pacer, like I knew they wouldn't let me drop. Like I had no reason to drop, but I think when you're doing something that hard, like your brain's going to think of every single reason to not be doing it anymore. And so, um, but I knew once I had my pacer and like, if I could just get to each spot where I had my crew, I was like, I know they're not going to let me drop. Like I just have to get to that point. And, (laughs) and yeah, then they would move me through and then I have no other choice, but to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, you know, when you heard that you had moved into third, cause because the other girl had was taking a nap on the side of the trail. Did a part of you like, oh, I want to take a nap too. No, <laughs> I actually, I didn't, um, I didn't, other than that, like time at like nine in the morning, I actually didn't feel very sleepy, which really? I was a little surprised by because I go to bed at like eight 30 every night. <laughs> and like, like I'm very lame. Like <laughs> I, I definitely have like a pretty, uh, strict sleep routine and, <laughs> Um, but I actually didn't, I, I did do some caffeine during the race, but not a ton. And then, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get sleepy, which I was happy about, especially as it got dark and stuff and we were running into the night. Um, I was a little nervous about that, but, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get sleepy, even though my brain did definitely want to stop (laughs) running. I didn't get tired. (laughs) That, and that's, that's, I would, I would have just assumed because I just feel like you got to be tired out there. But uh, did you practice with caffeine um, as well during your long runs? Or is that something you were just trying for the first time? I did. I practiced with that a little bit during my long runs. Um, Yeah, I do. Untapped makes a gel that has some caffeine in it. So I actually... Um, in, in shorter runs, I'll actually incorporate it a little bit more often, like maybe every other hour or so. Um, and then during the hundred, I did like every two hours or like right before a big climb, I would try and do a little bit of caffeine. Um, I didn't want to do it too often cause that can also mess with your stomach if you do too much caffeine. Right. Um, so that's why I kind of spread it out a little bit more for the hundred, but, um, Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, and that's definitely something I recommend people try in training before they try it in a race, because yeah, with the stomach stuff, it can definitely uh, make you have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so obviously you knew about the, the, the girl that had passed you and then you passed back. Were you keeping kind of tabs or was it, was your crew and pacer keeping tabs like after you passed her and where second place was like were you having communications on that as well? Yeah. So I had told, um, well, so since, since Leadville is an out and back, I did, you see at the, around the turnaround point, I did see the other girls. Um, and then after that though, my, my crew was kind of telling me, um, and there, when we got back over that big climb and I got my pacer, there was a pretty big spread between, first, second, and third. Um, and so, yeah, we were pretty spread out. So I kind of knew, I guess, that I probably wasn't going to catch the second place girl. Um, but I was definitely concerned with making sure that the fourth place girl didn't catch me once I moved into third. Right. Um, and so we, yeah, there's, so after mile 75, when I learned I moved into third, there's another really, really big climb there that's about like, three and a half or four miles long. Um, 
and I I like I like the big climbs. <laughs> I I don't love steep downhills, but I do like steep climbs. Um, and I actually think that that was one of my favorite parts of the course, which um, it's like it had just gotten dark and and yeah, it takes forever. But I really like when I can just kind of put my head down, like grind it out. Um, so we got to the top of that climb and my pacer, I think was trying to figure out how far back the other girls were. Um, and at first she was like, Lindsay, I think we need to put our head down now a little bit on this downhill, like just in case those girls are getting close. So I, I got like pretty stressed then I was like, Oh no, like they're going to catch us. And I was like trying to mentally prepare for them to catch me. And, um, but then a few minutes later, luckily, she was like, oh, wait, like we have like 45 minutes on them. Like we should be good. <laughs> so um, so that was nice. But um, yeah, especially after I moved into third, I was I really wasn't as concerned with time. And I was more just like trying to keep that third place spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great spot. And you you kept it. You finished third. And I mean, that how did that feel coming across that line? It was awesome. Yeah. I like, I almost didn't feel like it was real. Like right afterwards, I was like, I can't believe that just happened. And like, that's kind of still how I feel a little bit. Like, um, like my feet were swollen. So I knew that it did happen. But like, (laughs) um, yeah, like, I think it's weird, because during it, it feels like it's never gonna end. Like, I remember looking at my watch at like, 13 hours and being like, wow, like, I have like eight or nine more hours of running. Like that is insane. But, um, and then it, all of a sudden it's just over and you're like, huh, like it actually does end. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of weird, but it was fun. I had like quite a few friends who came out and watched the finish and, uh, my dad and stepmom were there and everything. And yeah, it was really, it was really cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, was there anything that you grabbed, you know, cause I know at the end, obviously it's like almost like another aid station. You've got food and all of this stuff. Was there anything you went to right away or were you just like, kind of just happy to see everybody? Um, I was happy, to, happy to see everyone. I, um, yeah. And usually like those really, even not the super long ultras, just ultras in general, I think, Sometimes you're like not very hungry right after. Right. But I actually did eat some more ramen, which was funny because <laughs> everyone was like, I would think you would never want to see ramen again. But I actually, yeah, I was like, actually, I'll take some more ramen. So I did have some ramen right after I finished. Um, yeah. And then, of course, like I had way more adrenaline than everyone else. So I tried to like let them go to sleep and whatever. But uh <laughs> I was kind of like, I like dozed that morning and then I would like check Instagram and reply to some people (laughs) and then like doze a little bit more. That's fantastic. Um, And what was it like getting up on on that podium? It was awesome. I think um, Claire Gallagher, who won, um, she runs for my same coach. Oh, Um, cool. Yeah. So it was really cool. Like Claire is awesome and um, I was super happy for her and, and she's just a legend in the sport. And so, um, it was like really cool for me to get to stand on a podium with Claire. Like that was awesome. And I look up to her so much and, um, I want to try and learn as much as I can from her. That's, that's awesome. That is 
I, I, I'm sure the experience, you know, the, the entire thing just sounds so, I mean, again, there was obviously downs, but you know, it, it doesn't seem like it could have gone much better for you. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially for my first hundred mile, like, um, yeah, I think, and I think that that really came down to like having, I had the best crew and my coach is awesome. And I think I was set up really well for a good day. Um, and yeah, like time-wise, I, I was a bit slower than I was hoping to be. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I was happy to get third in my first hundred. And uh, I think, yeah, can't get like too down about that. So. <laughs> so how are you feeling now? I mean, you're about a week out from it. How's, how's the body holding up? Pretty good. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I'm glad that I have a coach um, to just tell me like, this is how many days we're taking off and this is what <laughs> we're doing. Um, so I don't have to overthink it. I just listen to him. But like this morning I got out for um, a mountain bike ride. I've really just been like this week. I just kind of went on some pretty short walks and then, um, yeah, but it was fun to get out. Like I, I feel really excited and my body feels really good and um, I feel really excited about running, which I think is a really good sign. Like, I definitely feel, yeah, like, I think that's a good sign that I'm recovering well, since I'm not like dreading having to run again or something. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I really have been surprised at how easy the recovery has been. I was definitely like hobbling around for the first day. And then um, when I drove back to Gunnison from Leadville, it's just like a two hour drive. But after I, it was, I mean, that was the day I finished. And when I got out of the car, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't, like, I wanted to go to the grocery store and buy sushi, but I was like, I can't, like, I cannot walk to a grocery store like this. It'll take me forever. Um, but after that first like day, I've actually felt surprisingly good. That's, that's great. Uh, and what's, what's next? You've, done a hundred you you know i mean it's you've d you did well at it so what what do you have anything else coming up this year or do you have plans you know kind of gearing up for next year yeah i actually um well last, on tuesday i was trying to talk to my coach about what i wanted to do next and he like made me pump the brakes a little bit and he was like okay he was like this weekend we can start talking about what's next so um <laughs> Actually, yesterday and today, I've been talking to him a little bit. Um, and I think, especially being so young, I, I, well, and I just like all of the distances. I don't think I'll ever be someone who just does the long stuff or anything like that. Um, I want, I really want to do all the distances and I want to continue building speed. Um, so I think right now, for the rest of this year, we're going to do kind of more of a speed build. Um, I might try and run a, a fast trail marathon in November. Um, cause they have the USATF, um, national championships for the marathon. Oh, right. Um, so I think I'm going to try and build some speed now and, and look towards that. And then maybe, uh, I was talking to him about maybe doing a, another hundred K at the beginning of next year. So, yeah. Awesome. That sounds, that sounds good. I mean, it sounds, you know, varying your training, you know, you do the long thing and then go back for some speed. Like that sounds, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm not quite sure, but I, I think next year I might, I'll, 
I'm planning to look at some of the, the long races again. So I think it's good right now um, to, yeah, focus on some speed. And I think mentally that like keeps it fun too, to kind of go back and forth between the two. And now that you've got a hundred out of the way, like obviously you kind of talked about it a little bit, but you still kind of have Western on that, like get to list. Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's, it's one of the ones I would like to do. Um, and yeah, I think I, w- I want to do that race when I feel like I can be competitive at that race. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know that I'll put all my eggs in one basket with trying to get into that race, but, um, I think I, I'll probably do one of the golden ticket races for it again this coming year and, and see what happens. Cause eventually I would like to do that one. That's awesome. Those sound like great plans. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Like I said, like it's it's been fun to follow you and and see where you know your your short career has taken you so far. And just again, like I, I don't want to keep on saying like how young you are, but it, it's it is exciting and with how young you are and where the possibilities are. Like it's it's pretty awesome to see from the outside. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up. Uh, You know, last question. Same thing I ask every everybody. Same thing I asked you last time. (laughs) You know, what are you listening to to kind of get you pumped, get you ready, get you excited to to get out the door for those long runs? Um, I think well, for long runs, I usually listen to more like mellow, mellow music before. Um, and then NF, he's a rapper. He's, he's my, definitely my go-to right now. So definitely nice. listen to him before Leadville. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, great. Well, I, thanks again for taking the time again to talk and everything that you've been up to and Leadville, which is fantastic and what you got going on you know, coming up. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.